Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. morning. Uh, turn with us to book of Numbers. Numbers chapter number 32. Numbers chapter number 32. We're not in this territory very often, so I'll give you a chance to find the page. Numbers chapter number 32. Those clean white pages on the front side of your Bible. Um, The children of Israel had made it to the Jordan. The 40 years were over. God had already started working, and uh, they were fixing to cross into Canaan. And that's the context this morning as we begin. Numbers chapter 32, beginning at verse number 1. Now the children of Reuben and the children of Gad had a very great multitude of cattle. When they saw the land of Jazer and the land of Gilead, that, behold, the place was a place for cattle, the children of Gad and the children of Reuben came and spake unto Moses and to Eleazar the priest and unto the princes of the congregation, saying, Adaroth and Dibon and Jazer and Nimrah and Heshbon, and Eliah, and Shebam, and Nebo, and Beon, even the country which the Lord smote before the congregation of Israel is a land for cattle, and thy servants have cattle. Wherefore, said they, if we have found grace in thy sight, let this land be given unto thy servants for a possession, and bring us not over Jordan. And Moses said unto the children of Gad, to the children of Reuben, Shall your brethren go to war, and shall ye sit here? I'm going to go over a little farther. Um, Verse number 20. And Moses said unto them, If ye will do this thing, if ye will go armed before the Lord to war, And we'll go, all of you, armed over Jordan before the Lord until he hath driven out his enemies from before him and the land be subdued before the Lord. Then afterward ye shall return and be guiltless before the Lord and before Israel, and this land shall be your possession before the Lord. But if ye will not do so, behold, ye have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. Go down to verse number 33. And Moses gave unto them, even to the children of Gad and to the children of Reuben and unto half the tribe of Manasseh, the son of Joseph, the kingdom of Sihon, king of Amorites, and the kingdom of Og, the king of Bashan, the land with the cities thereof in the coasts, even the cities of the country round about. I want to stop right there. Pray with us. Father, open our hearts to this truth. We confess we're desperate for it. We pray that all of us can see it and hear it and we'll be obedient to it. 
challenge us this day. And may we, as your people, ever strive to reach all of the promises that you've given and not settle, for we ask it believing as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for standing. What you'll find in this chapter is is unique. Uh, Everyone had died out that had feared and had refused or rebelled against God to go into the promised land and to take it. They had perished. Forty years they wandered in the wilderness. You know that. We could have read that part again to you in this very chapter as Moses rehearsed it into their own ears. But there were some battles that took place before they ever went across Jordan. Now, Jordan in this particular circumstance was a barrier. Jordan was a wide river. It was a place where it simply had to be crossed. And they had conquered several lands. You can read about those in the book of Numbers and in uh, Chronicles and in in, uh, other places. There's plenty of scripture that tells you what they did before they ever went into the promised land. But here they were, they had, they had got to the Jordan and they, and they had to defeat these places in order to get across into the land that God had promised to Abraham. And when they got to that place, they had won the battles, they had no enemy on this side of Jordan, on the east side of Jordan, they, they were prepared and they were ready and they were fixing to cross over. And two and a half of the tribes, remember there were 12 tribes of Israel, two and a half of them, the tribe of Reuben, the tribe of Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh came forward. And they said to Moses, they said, this is a good land for cattle. And we got a bunch of them. Some of them they may have got out of winning the battles that they had just won. This was a land for cattle. But I think several of them had made it all the way through the wilderness. The tribe of Judah, I mean the tribe of Reuben and Gad and and maybe even the half-tribe of Manasseh had been very careful to take care of their cattle and, and to see to it. But regardless, we find them having made a, made a decision to settle in a country that had not been promised. They chose to stay short of the promised land. Don't you think about that for just a minute. Moses was taken aback by their request, by the way. And as a matter of fact, he thought they were about sin. And he was, and he did. He tuned them up right there in the middle section that I didn't read to you. But the first thing he said is, you think you're going to sit here while the rest of these go and fight these battles? And you're going, to, you're going to sit here in this land that they just helped you conquer. And of course, Moses told them of all that God had done to bring them out of Egypt. And, and they spoke up and they said, no, 
No, every man that is fit for battle will put on his armor and we will go with them across the Jordan and those men will fight until every land is, is, is taken over. And when we're done, when it is fully complete, all we want to do is come back to this land. We want to leave our families in this land. We want to leave our cattle and our sheep in this land. We're going to build fenced cities for them and build places to hold them. And we'll leave just enough. We'll leave the women and the children. and Whatever little men need to stay behind to take care of what's here. But every fit man will go and will fight every battle that Israel has to fight. And you know what? God allowed it. God allowed it. And Moses said, God told him, he said, but he told Moses, he said, you tell them that if they'll do what they say, if they'll go in and they'll fight every battle until we're done, he said, then I'll give them that land for an inheritance. They can have it. It all sounds like it ended well. But I want you to know they settled for something less than the promised land. I'm afraid that people are doing that today. They're looking around them and they're making decisions based off the here and now. And they're thinking everything is all right. Everything is fine. Everything is going my way. I think I'll just put down my roots right here. I want to challenge that thought today. Do not stop short of Canaan's promise. Do not give in. Do not let up until you have received the promise of God. God didn't promise them the east side of Jordan. He promised them a different land. When Moses sent the spies to spy it out, they didn't spy out the east side of Jordan. They spied out Canaan. We sung songs this morning. And I rejoiced in knowing that I was going to preach the subject. The last song that we sung this morning was, I'm living in Canaan now. I have found the promised land. I'm not in any ways referring to that physically. The United States of America may be the promised land for some, but I'll tell you right now, it's a wicked and perverse culture. This ain't the promised land. This ain't Canaan. There's a physical Canaan that God promised to Abraham and his descendants. And God will see that fulfilled. You can mark that down. I will guarantee you that they will own every step of that. They only occupied about 30,000 square miles of that land while there. But God gave them 300,000 square miles and it's occupied by their enemies all around them today. But there's coming a day that God will see that every bit of that is given back to those that he promised it to. I say that to say this. I've been given some promises, friend, but I don't want to stop short of getting them. Now, Let me give you two things, and I'll be done this morning. The reasons that I see that the children of of Reuben and Gad and half a tribe of Manasseh stopped short of Jordan. Number one, they overvalued the present. 
They overvalued what they could see. And I believe that some people are enamored by what they see around them. Some people have been rocked to sleep uh, with some kind of notion, friend, that everything is all right, that there ain't an enemy, that you can just go right along, and as long as you don't bother anybody else, everything is going to be okay. May I say to you today, you're selling yourself short. The children of God today are in a battle. Amen. We ain't living in a time, friend, when there's nothing to be done. There's no work to do. There's no work to be done while it's day. No, we have a responsibility and are even called to get into this battle and to fight a good fight for him. Well, I believe that some today are selling themselves short of the promises of God. They're allowing the things of this world to rock them into a a seemingly a stupor where they can't see what's going on. They don't recognize the battle is at hand. They don't see what what the devil is doing all around, waging a spiritual warfare on every hand. Brother, we need to wake up and take our value off this present world. Now, when they saw all them good well-watered plains, they said, man, what a good place for cattle. They had made a name for themselves of raising cattle, and they had a bunch of them already. And you know what they thought? They said, well, the best place for us is a place like this. May I say to you today that I don't, I don't care how you want to try to make this fit. If you sell yourself short of the word of God and the word that has been promised to you and I, May I say to you today, there ain't anything but heartache that's going to come to you. You say, well, preacher, God let them do that. God allowed them to settle in that land. Yes, that's true. And God will allow you today to settle for second best. He'll allow you today to make a poor decision and to settle for something that ain't his promise. He'll allow you, amen, to sit down and to be unfulfilled in your commission for Christ. He'll allow you these things. But brother, he means for you to have better he means for you to have all his promises oh to God that we wouldn't tie the things of this world to the promises of God I'll tell you right now if you're making a decision what to do spiritually how to do spiritually and you're basing it on the things of this world where you're using the wrong compass you've got a spiritual problem today what you need to do is to look up and to let the word of God direct you today or you're going to sell short of the promise you say does it really happen (laughs) My heart grieves over this truth. My heart grieves over men that I started with in the gospel. Men that I stood alongside beside and I preached with them. And we traveled and we held revivals together. And you know where they are today? They ain't here. They ain't in any church, by the way. There's many of them laid down the cross. They gave up short of the goal line. Don't do it. Don't do it. You can say, well, it's good right now. Everything's good right now. I don't need anything else. Well, look around me. This is all I need right here. This little patch is all I got to have for my cattle. This is all that a man could ask for. Well, well, look at the size of this. Well, surely there ain't anything on the other side of that river any better than what I got right here. May I say to you today, what you see is deceiving. 
Because whatever you've laid your eyes on in this world, it is not real. Everything that you see down here, it's going to burn. It'll perish with a fervent heat. If you've got your hands locked around anything of this life and you have placed a value on anything down here, that above the things that are spiritual, you're selling yourself short of the promise. You're stopping. The preacher ain't giving up, ain't stopping. They didn't give up either. No, they just compromised. They just compromised. They said, look, we'll keep fighting. We ain't going to quit on God. We'll keep a fighting. We promise you, we'll go every step they go. As a matter of fact, if you'll let us, we'll lead it. We'll be the first one into the battle. We'll be the first one to swing a sword. We'll be the first one to say we've won this one. We'll help them until God is done conquering that land. But we want to have the other place. Oh, may I say that too many today in the spiritual kingdom have got their mindset set on things that are of a different kind. They've looked into this world and they've established what they want. Brother, this world is not our home today. You're selling yourself short of the promised land. You've overvalued the present. You've overvalued the here and now. You say, I got everything going my way. Why would I want to rock a boat by making a commitment to Jesus Christ? Why would I want to rock that boat by sticking my neck out and saying I am a believer in Christ and I stand to declare to a world there is good news and a better way? Why would I put myself in a place to be the target of my enemy and to upset everything that's going on? I say to you because there's a better land, there is a better hope, there is a better promise. It's all better when we get into the promised place. We've got churches, entire churches that are selling out for the here and the now. So how do you know? Because they've got rid of this and they've started preaching an entertainment gospel. What they want to do is to tickle their ears and to pat them on the back and to tell them everything is all right and all you've got to do is keep tithing and keep doing this and keep doing that. I'm telling you right now, entire soul, entire uh, churches have given up too short. They've given up on the promised land. You say, well, they're still in the fight. They've still got a cross over their building. They still preach the truth every now and then. May I say to you today that the children of Reuben and the children of Gad and that half tribe of Manasseh, two and a half tribes of people, they estimate those that were fit for service was probably about 40,000 based on what the word said. 40,000 men went in with the rest of them. And as they crossed and they went into Jericho and they defeated Jericho and then Ai and then on and on until they had won and subdued that country. May I say to you today that those men from Reuben and Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh, they were with them. They stuck it out. They fought side by side. They didn't give up. You say, preacher, that's enough, ain't it? I want you to know that God didn't promise them the east side of Jordan. He promised them the land that flowed with milk and honey. You're selling 
selling yourself short if you ain't committed to Christ today. You've overvalued the here and the now. You have put too much emphasis on things, on stuff, on security. You have put too much emphasis on the things that seemingly bring you the the, the times when you can act in leisure without having a burden for another man's soul. You put too much stock in this world and you're going to miss the promises if you keep on. Moses warned him. He said, listen to me. He said, God said it's all right. That's what you want to do. God said he'll let you do that. But he also said this, that if in any part of this journey you fail to keep your part of it, he said your sin will find you out. (laughs) I'd just soon not go into the promised land with that kind of thing on my shoulder. I don't know about you, but I've got some promises, amen, that ain't dependent on me. Glory to God. The promises of where I'm going ain't based upon who I am, how I am, what I've done. But you know what he told them? He said, suddenly your promise is built on you. Glory to God, I don't want that. No, I don't want to live on this side of Jordan. I want to fight until I get to the promised land. I ain't a trading. This world may have plenty of room for my cattle, but let me be clear. I don't need the room, nor do I need the cattle. If it means I give up short of what God has promised for my life. Some of us are selling short today. Some of us have got everything we do locked up in this world. Your identity, if you were tried in a court of law, some of us would have a hard time proving we love Jesus. Because we give up short. We've acquiesced, we've compromised, we've laid down, we've hung our harps on the willows, We've done everything, amen, but what he said to do, amen, and we have come short of the promised land. I want you to know, I ain't read not one time in this book that when God asked a man to stand and he stood for him that he failed. I ain't found one time in this book where God ever let one go, where God ever forsook one, where God was not always dominant, where God didn't always win the victory. I don't know about you, but I want to be in the place where he tells me to be. I want to be in the place where he's promised for me. I don't want to settle for the east side of Jordan. I don't want it. I don't want it, but there's people every day making decisions. Upon the spiritual realm, something that truly matters. And they are making those decisions by overvaluing the present. By taking too much stock into what is going on here and what you need here, what you think you need here. They are basing those decisions upon the need for security. May I say to you today, nothing's secure. 
you think for one minute there's anything in this world secure, you've been foolish about it. The only thing I can tell you for sure is that when it comes to history, man don't learn from its history. And we headed straight back the same way all those nations did that forsook God. We headed in the same direction and we can't see it. They couldn't see it. Amen. They sold out for the present. You want to know why there was only eight people on the ark? It wasn't because they didn't know that there was a promise for salvation. It wasn't because they didn't know that there was a giant boat sitting in the middle of a desert. It wasn't because they didn't know that there was an open door for them to come on board. It's because they were happy where they were at. They were eating, they were drinking, they were marrying and giving in marriage all up until the day that God shut the door. When the day come, and Abraham's nephew Lot, he said, he said, our herdsmen are fighting every day about having enough water, having enough food. He said, we we can't keep this up. So we need to separate. Abram told him, he said, fine. He said, if you pick the north, he said, I'll go to the south. He said, if you go to the right, he said, I'll go to the left. He said, you pick. You know what Lot did? The Bible says he turned them big eyes down toward the green grass, the well-watered plains of Jordan. He looked down in there, and he saw that green grass, and he thought about all his sheep, and he thought about all his cattle, He thought about his herdsmen that wouldn't have to strive over any more water, no more grass. He thought about all the, you know what he was doing? He was overvaluing the present. He was overvaluing the here and the now. He was basing an eternal decision on something that was temporal. I'm telling you right now, that is a recipe for disaster. You are selling yourself short of the promises of God. He didn't promise you the things of this earth. He promised you the things of glory. You ain't going to get it on the east side of Jordan. Your cattle may be fat, but what good are fat cattle when you die and go to hell? What good is any of that? I warn you this morning, you have overvalued this world, the things of this world, the pleasures of this world, the conveniences of this world, the leisure of this world. You have overvalued these things and you're selling out the promise of God. Not only did they overvalue the here and now, but they undervalued the future. Now I'll grant you this. We can't see into heaven. We got a little glimpse every now and then through that good book. We've got a little information about what is waiting us in that land. We're bombarded with all this junk. And we've just got a little snippet of what's crossed the river. But let me be clear. What I know about it, what little I know about heaven, I am absolutely willing 
to put up against everything I know about this. And I am convinced today and confident in saying to you good people that there is nothing down here worth having if it means you had to trade the smallest thing up there. It ain't worth having. Sell it, junk it, trash it, burn it. I don't care. Get rid of it. It ain't worth having if you sell short of the promises of God for your life. People have overvalued the here and now. I've got food in the cabinet today, but I realize I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. God don't owe me a thing. He's been so good to me. Why, if I had to crawl the rest of the way, I guess we'd just have to crawl. But I know this. There is a land (laughs) that is fairer than day. And by faith, I can see it afar. For the Father waits over the way to prepare a dwelling place there. I don't know about you, but he didn't promise me this world. There ain't one thing down here that he guaranteed me. But brother, I've got some things over yonder. I've got some things in the glories that are eternal forevermore. He promised me so. He promised. He told his children. He said, I'm going away, but I'm going to prepare you a place. And where I am, there you may be also. I don't know about you, but you can have this world. I want Canaan. I want Canaan. I want Canaan. I want that land that was promised. I don't want this world. Reuben and Gad, you know what they were doing? They were doing what was right for their family. They're wrong, Scott. They're wrong. They was wrong. They were wrong. If you think what your family needs is more biscuits, you're wrong. You're wrong. Your family don't need more money. Your family don't need more cars. Your family don't need more houses. Your family don't need more stuff. What your family needs is more hope, and hope ain't down here. Hope is over yonder. I've been given promises. Don't sell that short. You are trading the here and now. For the future. Yeah, they're willing to do it. They wasn't ignorant to what they were doing. They knew it. They knew it. And they were taking every step into Canaan with a weight on their shoulder that if I even let up one day, The deal is over. Thank God it ain't about me. It ain't about me. You say, preacher, you singing, I'm living in Canaan now. Let me be clear. When they took the first step into the promised land, they were staring at the walls of Jericho. Battle wasn't over just because they stepped into the promised land. Their work wasn't done just because they stepped into the promised land. No. 
They walked into the promised land knowing that every bit of it had to be took back from the devil. I don't have no blinders on this morning. Amen. It's a battle every step of the way. But make no mistake about it, I ain't settling for where I once was. I ain't interested in what this world has to offer today. I tell you right now, we've got some promises that have been given to us about a better country. And if you're settling for the here and now, you're sacrificing the future, the blessings. Let me see if I can close with this. They overvalued the here and the now, and they undervalued the future, the promises. They undervalued the promises of a better country. And they did all that so they could have fatter cattle. That's, wor- that's worldly. I don't care who you are. That's a worldly mindset. That's what they were worried about. They were worried about fat cows and growing their own families. God said, all right. That's where your heart is. I won't make you live in the promised land. Matter of fact, you all know the story. So if you live in any other than the promised land, it's your own fault. He said, you know the stories. When the spies come back from that land, they were carrying, they were carrying clusters of grapes that had to be put on poles and carried between two grown men. That's how big they were. They said, sure enough, it flows with milk and honey. They knew it. They knew the promises. God didn't promise this side. God promised the other. I don't know about you. I don't, want to be, I don't want to be betting my eternal existence on something that God never promised. I believe I'd rather just put all my stock in whatever lands me on the other side. When I get to, when I get to Canaan's land, they may be giants and I may look like a grasshopper to them, but I'm going to stick with God because I know who wins the battles. Overvalued the here and now, undervalued the future and the promises of God. Come get a song. Say, well, everything worked out all right. They stuck with it. When it come time, you can read in the book of Joshua, when it come time to divide up the land, that Reuben and Gad and that, that bunch of two and a half tribes, they came to Joshua and they said, we kept up our part of the deal. Joshua said, yep, you did. And he said, therefore, God's granted you the inheritance of what's on the other side. You're free to go back. You're free to cross back over Jordan. You're free to go right back over there. And he said, all that land is yours. Jordan was a barrier between man and the temple. You know where the temple of God was? It wasn't on that side. It was on the other side. You know where the church was? It was on the other side. Joshua said, yep, you did everything you said. Take off. 
What am I supposed to say? You want to live for the here and now? What am I supposed to tell you? That's what you want. God ain't going to force you. God ain't going to make you get to the place where the promises are revealed and they all are given. You don't have to go. But let me be clear. When it comes time to those that are in danger, you know who the first ones that were captured and carried off in captivity? Devil's coming. You know who the first ones that were that fell and were hauled off to Babylon? You know where they came from? As far as I know, they never went to church. Why? Because it was across Jordan. It was way over there in the promised land. They decided they was going to stay on this side. But I like what happened in the book of Joshua. I'm going to close right here. Oh, how I wish you could see this. Joshua, he, he said, everything God said, you, it's all yours. Take off. They took off. Then there's an 85-year-old fella stepped up in front of Joshua. He said, you remember that God promised Moses that what you and me seen when we spied out Canaan, he said, you remember what God promised me. God promised me that land. Remember Caleb? Well, Joshua and Caleb were two of the twelve that came back out and they said, we can do it. God is on our side. And all the other ten said, "Ha! we can't do it. We can't do it. There's giants over there. We're like grasshoppers. We'll all be killed. We can't do it. But Joshua and Caleb were holy, holy, given over to the Lord. Well, Caleb looked old Joshua in the eyes and he said, you remember that God promised me when I was 40 years old that he would give me this land. And he said, 40 and five years are now gone. He said, I am fourscore and five years today. And he said, I am stronger today than I was then. And he said, I am willing to go into the land of the Anakins. See, it hadn't all even been subdued yet. He said, I will go into the land of the Anakins. And he said, I will take what God promised me. He held on to the promise. You know where he went to? It tickled me to death when I figured this out. See, Caleb was the one that got first pick after the Two and a half tribes. Caleb said, I want Hebron. He said, well, that's the mountain country. 
Caleb said, I can take it. I want Hebron. You know where Moses went to pray? Hebron. Caleb doesn't set his mind on something that was better. Don't you give up. Don't you give up. Listen to me, children. I promise it's just just on the other side. The glory that awaits you and me is just on, it's a heartbeat away. And we're going to see, we're going to see that land that he promised us. Caleb said, give me that land. Joshua said, go. He said, and take it. And he did. What are you selling out for today? What are you you selling out for that should be God's? We ain't got time for this. He's coming back, people. He's coming back. He's coming. Soon he's coming. You better sell what you've got of this world if it's spiritual. You better sell it and anchor everything you got. Invest all you have in what you can't see. The better land is not here, not now. The better land is coming. God's promised it to you. Do not sell short. Don't give up. Don't stop. Sell everything, lock, stock, and barrel. Give it to Jesus. And let's press toward that better land, that better day. Whatever happens down here, let her pass. It's all going to melt with fervent heat anyhow. What we need to be looking for is that better thing. That better thing. Oh, if you've sold it out, let me tell you something. You can get it back today. You can get it back today. It ain't done. You're still breathing. You've still got an opportunity. If you'll set your affections on things that are above and turn loose of these things of this world, God will help you get your priorities in order this morning. He'll help you get your, he'll help you get your, your course straight. He'll help you. Would you stand with us? You need the Lord this morning. Would you come? Obey God.